0: What up, though? Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic one. It is Miles. I am back. And this is the Judgment Call podcast, episode two. And this one is going to be fantastic, at least for me, because this is my NBA season prediction show. The season starts on Tuesday, October 22nd. And personally, I have never been more excited for an NBA season. And I've been watching basketball for 20 years. And this is the first time where I've sat down and been like, man, there is no clear-cut winner to win, win the championship. There is, <clears throat> excuse me, there is no, there is no, nobody you see that, oh yeah, this is, this person's going to win the MVP. a couple years ago, there's always a storyline before the season. Like when KD left, everybody was like, oh, Russ can average a triple-double. He did, won the MVP. And then there were the seasons, like, uh, Harden's emerging as his own star. Can he win an MVP? He was like, ah, yeah, he did. He won his MVP. And then there were the times where Curry went back-to-back with his MVPs. But this year, there's no person you can look and be like, oh, yeah, they're going to win the MVP. There's no team where you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to win the finals. I mean, like, of course, there's teams where it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. They could probably make a run in the playoffs. But there's no team where they're the clear-cut favorite, like, at all. East, West, neither team. Neither, neither conference, rather. You just can't tell. So I'm extremely excited about the NBA season for that. And then there's just this rookie class just looked fantastic. Like from top to bottom, even the second round had picks like Carson Edwards, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. It's it, it looks great. It looks fantastic. So I'm excited to see the new rookies. And we're going to go ahead and get into the show. And I'm going to start with my biggest NBA storylines. And before I do that, I'm gonna take a quick sip of water. Go ahead and do this. I'll be talking for like the next hour and a half. Maybe less. We'll try and keep it brief. <clears throat> Alright, let's get right into it. My number one <clears throat> biggest storyline for this NBA season is can Zion Williamson be the next man up? Now in college, he was fantastic. He was exciting, polarizing, just a joy to watch. Seemed like a great guy off the court. But on the court, you look at his game and the way that he plays. And Zion is a six foot six freight train. The, the kid is six foot six, 285 pounds. Now, when you think about that, that's like a football player. That's like a offensive lineman, left tackle, defensive defensive and defensive tackle. In the NBA, the heaviest player in the league is 290 pounds, I believe, and that is is seven three, Boban Marjanovic. He can carry that weight. He's not jumping 40 inches into the air, doing windmills on fast breaks. No, he's standing in the paint getting boards, standing on his tippy-toes and dunking the ball. Zion Williamson is jumping 40 inches into the air, landing on his knees every single time he scores. That's where his game is. Not a very strong shooter when he does as a set shooter. But his game exists within three to zero feet with inside the paint. He's going to dunk the ball, and he's going to dunk it extremely hard. And I'm not sure his body can sustain that over an 82-game season. Well, I'd love to see it if he can. I hope he does. Oh, don't wish any injuries on people. Injuries suck. You hate to see them, but they happen. And Zion's frame at 6'6", six, six, I think his official height was 6'5". Even then, that's, it's even worse. 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, 285 pounds. I just don't think that's sustainable. It, I, just, I don't at all. His knees, his feet, his ankles, Achilles, legs. Eventually, he's going to get hurt you really hate to see it, but I hope it doesn't happen. I hope the Pelicans trainers are fantastic. If he needs to, I hope they put him on the same schedule they had Kawhi Leonard on, where he's resting games, coming out the game early. I hope they do that for him like in the beginning, to ease him into the grind of an NBA season, because a rookie's always hit that rookie wall, regardless of what happens. They always slow up, so I'd like to see them ease Zion into the game. I'd like to see them be careful with him. I mean, I understand he's the number 1 pick, but th- that Pelicans team is pretty good. Like even with or without Zion Williamson, that that roster's pretty sound. So I think they could you know, I think they could afford for him to not play every game. I think they could afford for him to take some nights off against some teams that aren't as competitive, and I hope they do take that route cuz the last thing you want to see is for him to get hurt with the hype surrounding him because he could potentially be the next man up. He could p- potentially be the next LeBron, the next Kobe. The next MJ, and maybe not in talent, but as in the face of the league. When you see him, you see the face of the league. Because there's superb talent in the NBA already. You have Embiid, you have Giannis, you have AD, you have possibly Ben Simmons. You have faces like that already in the league where they could take that leap and be the face of the league. But they weren't like that coming into the league. Maybe Anthony Davis, he was fantastic out of Kentucky. But other than that... Those are talents that developed. Embiid was hurt his first couple of years. Giannis was not great his first couple of years. He had to develop in Milwaukee. A talent that could come into the league, dominate, and have a long career. That could potentially be Zion Williamson. And I, w- I hope that it is Zion Williamson. I hope that his body keeps up over an 82-game season and maybe a deep run into the playoffs and over his entire career. I really hope that's the case with Zion. Now I'm going to get into my next biggest storyline of the NBA. Is this the end of the super team era? We've seen the Warriors dissipate. We saw Miami dissipate a while ago. But we've now seen Paul George leave OKC. We saw Russ leave OKC. And we've seen NBA players teaming up, but not as whole teams. We've seen them get a partner in crime. We've seen Russ and Harden get together. We've seen Paul George and the Claw get together in L.A. AD and LeBron are, back, are together. Dame and CJ are still in Portland. You have Ben and Bede still in Philly. And now it seems like this is the era of the dynamic duo, for like a better word. It's just, can two people carry a team? And we've seen this before. We've seen Shaq and Penny, Shaq and Kobe. seen dynamic duos be successful we've seen them get somewhere shaq and penny beat mj and what was it uh 94th the first year he got back they beat the bulls in the conference finals made it to the finals lost to hakeem but still made it shaq and kobe won three lost to the pistons in oh four correct me if i'm wrong but we've seen it work we've seen people be capable hell we've even seen uh Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, KG. It was a big three, but Ray Allen took a step back, so I guess the big two would be Paul George, not Paul George, excuse me, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, even though Ray Allen did decide to take a step back. But we've seen it work. And now I think the key to getting to a championship with dynamic duos is great coaching. We have some fantastic coaches in this league. And I think that the teams that will be most successful with their dynamic duos are the teams with the best coaches. So I think the year that we can fully digest this is next year when Kevin Durant comes back and we have Katie and Kyrie. Then we can put part of them up against how AD and LeBron play, how Paul George and Kawhi play, how Damon CJ play, how Bennett and B play. I think next year will be the year to decide that because then we still have Steph and Clay and, well, D'Lo's there too, but he's not as big of a player in that system. So I think next year will be the year to decide how this is going to play out. Now, my third biggest storyline of the season is Will, Russ, and Harden work together. By themselves, fantastic players. Both MVPs. Both can score. Both are multifaceted in their games. But, I don't know why the Rockets made that move. I feel like they made that move because they saw everyone else making the move. And they felt like they needed to, to get somebody to pair with Harden. With all the other stars joining up. And they went and got Russell Westbrook, but their games do not complement each other at all. Russell Westbrook is the most selfishly unselfish player in the league. He will be unselfish until he gets his stats. And then he's Russell Westbrook. He'll go get his points. He will chuck up a lot of shots. Some ill-advised, some aren't. He'll be hot. He'll be cold. He's Russell Westbrook. James Harden is a me guy. James Harden is... I'm going to ISO the ball. I'm going to dribble for 20 seconds, get my shot up. I'll pass it every now and then. You know, if you're open, I might give up the rock. But for the most points, I'm going to go out and get my 36 points. I have no clue how these games will work together. And especially now, the preseason gave me zero confidence in networking. There were times where Harden was just dribbling. And Westbrook was just standing out there on an island, waiting. And Westbrook... As his career has gone on, surprisingly, his shooting has gotten worse. And so, the way, the way this team, the way Mark D'Antonio runs this team, is threes and layups. And most of the layups are coming from Clint Capella. I don't think there's any room for Russell Westbrook on this court, especially the way Harden plays ball. Chris Paul works because he's a pass first guard. Yeah, he can score it, but he's a pass first guard. He wants to give it up, he wants to get the team involved. But, man, I do not know how this is going to work with Russ and Harden. I really hope it does. Love both of them. James Harden is a fantastic offensive talent. Russell Westbrook is a fantastic player. Top 50 all time, no doubt. But I don't know how their games are going to work together. Hope it does. But especially in the playoffs, they're going to sag off Russ. They're going to double Harden. Russ isn't going to hit those shots. And Harden just might come up short again. So I hope that works out. Next one is Can Steph win a third MVP? Clay's hurt. Katie's gone. I think Alfonso McKinney's in the starting lineup. It is. The handcuffs are off. Steph can do whatever the hell he wants. Steph can go out there and shoot 30 shots a game, and no one's going to be mad. Steph has free reign to do whatever he wants. And the, the thing is, Steph is an unselfish player. Steph just, Steph just wants to go out there and win. He's not a me guy. But. I think Steph is going to find out very early on in the season that in order to win games with the injuries and the lack of scoring, he's going to have to put up a remarkable amount of points at a remarkable clip. And I think that he's going to find that really early on. And I think the NBA should be really scared of Steph. And NBA fans are going to love it. I am going to love it. I'm going to tune into a bunch of Warriors games. I want to see Steph go off. I want to see Steph go absolutely bananas. I'd love to see him do it at a 50-40-90 clip. That's unrealistic. Maybe the 90 part, but at the amount of shots he's going to put up, the volume he's going to do everything at, 50-40-90 would be ridiculous. If he could do that, he's my clear-cut candidate to be in the top three for MVP voting. I'm not sure about winning the MVP, but can he? I think he can, and I think he should be the favorite before the season starts to win it. And finally, my biggest last, well, not last, but last point I'll say is will LeBron get back to the finals? He missed the playoffs completely last year. Not his fault. He was injured. Team got injured. Team didn't look great. He wasn't a fantastic leader, but now that he has AD, the roster's been revamped. Can he lead this team to a finals? can he get back to the finals. I the west is a gauntlet. The west is absolutely ridiculous. Like I I feel for all the teams in the west man, especially those that 7-8 seed. Man, it is going to be tough to get into the west. And seeding is really going to matter because that first and second seed are going to go have to go up against a really hungry, really underrated 7-8 seed team. Whoever it is, whatever the matchup is, it's going to be tough, and the Lakers are a very good team, so they'll probably be top one, two, three. So it's, it's going to be tough. The playoffs are going to be tough. I don't think there will be any games that are less than five, maybe six, because the West is really good this year, man. It's ridiculous how good the West is, but I want to monitor that. I want to monitor if LeBron is playing up to his peak because Anthony Davis is there. You do to know if he'll take a step back, let AD shine the same way. D-Wade took that step back and let LeBron do his thing in Miami. I want to see what's going to happen. I want to monitor that storyline. I want to monitor LeBron throughout the season. Uh, he, since he was injured last year, we don't know if it'll happen again. So that's something I want to look forward to. AD's been injury prone. You want to see how that progresses. And if he does get injured, will LeBron be LeBron James and lead that team by himself? You you want to watch that? That's the storyline you want to watch. Tune into a bunch of Lakers games. You won't regret it. And from there, we're gonna jump into talking about the East and the West with my ranking prediction, my East-West seedings. I guess it could be playoff seedings. So I'm since since I was talking about the West, let's start with the West. My number one seed in the West. I'm I'm not gonna say the records by the way. I, I, there was no way I was gonna comb through every one of those teams. I'll tell you the ceiling of the team. What, how many games I think they could win, but I, I won't give you a precise record. There's no point in trying to predict that. But I will give you my seedings. Number one, I have the Utah Jazz. That signing of Mike Conley is extremely underrated. The Jazz, to me, are the best team in the league as a roster, as a talent, top to bottom. This is a fantastic team. Mike Conley is the one. You have Donovan Mitchell at the two, Joe Ingles. Then you have Rudy Gobert. Those are four players could make the All Star team. Not so much Joel Ingalls, but he's a fantastic player. He was really damn good. Extremely underrated defensively. But Donovan Mitchell could take that next step. Be more efficient. Still score at the same clip. Mike Conley is one of the best defending point guards in the league. Guards period, honestly. And Rudy Gobert, two time Defensive Player of the Year, is he's great. Not as much offensively as he is defensively. He's a he's a respectable scorer, and he he's pretty good. So I would watch out for the Jazz. The Je- that Mike Conley signing really helped them out. That, that, that might have pushed them to be to, to have the best record in the league. I, honestly, my best my, the team I think will have the best record in the league is going to come from the East, but I would watch out for that Utah Jazz team. They're going to be sneaky good like the Nuggets were last year. No one expected the Nuggets to be that good. I think that's the leap that the Jazz are going to take. And Quinn Snyder is a fantastic coach too, so I think they'll be fantastically coached with the right pieces at the right time too. Even though the West is gone, I think they could be close to a 60-win team, I don't think they'll win. I don't think any team in the West is going to win 60. Just like last year, I think the closest was the Warriors with, not the Warriors, the Warriors that have 57. Because I know the the Nuggets were in second place with about 54. But I think the Warriors were the number one with 57. So I think it'll be another year of no 60-win teams out of the West. And I think the Jazz will be the number one seed. At number two, I have the Los Angeles... Clippers, for one reason only, because I have the Lakers three. The only reason I have the Clippers at two and the Lakers at three is because of injuries. The way the Raptors handled Kawhi Leonard, I think, was fantastic. They let him rest so he needed to rest. The team was so well coached that they could have gone without him. I think, well, I know that Doc Rivers is a better coach than Frank Vogel. I, if they do decide to do the same load management, because Paul George has been injury prone too, I think that they can win games with just one of the stars. The roster's pretty solid. Zubak is fine. He's a solid player. Montrezl Harrell is extremely underrated. Lou Will, for some reason, wants to come off the bench and drop 30 points. And it, it's working. That's fantastic. Let him keep doing it. And then Patrick Beverly, great defender. Not so much on the offense. He's not so, not as gifted on the offense, but he's still a good player. And this team is just solid. It's, it's a solid team. Top to bottom. Landry Shannon, extremely underrated, by the way. I'm glad they got to keep him in that uh, that trade for Paul George because getting rid of Shea Gillis Alexander sucks. He was fantastic, especially as a rookie. I really liked him. But keeping Landry Shannon was huge. I thought, thought that was great. But this team is solid. And Doc Rivers is a damn good coach, championship, co- championship caliber coach. So if anybody can win just the same way that Nick Nurse won in Toronto, it would be him. Uh, Kawhi Leonard got into the perfect situation with a coach that knows how to handle the team, even if someone's down. So I think that's why the Clippers would be my two seed because they can win games without their star. They can win games with just Paul George or just Kawhi, or maybe even both of them out. I highly doubt that would happen, but if one of them wanted to rest and the other wanted to play, I think Doc Rivers is a well enough coach to game plan and win some games and get them enough rest for the playoffs. And still be a 50 plus win team. And the Lakers at three, they are at three because of injuries. I was very close to putting them at four because of how injury prone 80 has been and because of the injury to LeBron last year. I don't know how he'll bounce back, but I'm assuming that LeBron will be healthy and that they'll try and rest 80 more. They'll take notes from the Raptors and rest 80 more so he'll be more prepared for the playoffs because they know they're going to the playoffs. So. That's why I have them there. The roster's fine. That that hurt, that hit to Boogie, really hurt them more than I think people will know. Because Ad doesn't like to play center. Ad wants to be a power forward. So I think having Boogie, because he he was fine in the playoffs. He I, he really shouldn't have been playing in some of those games, or at least as hard as he was playing. He knew he wasn't fully healthy, but he was still playing. Uh, sucks that he hurt, got hurt again. at torn AC. I really hope he can come back, but I think that'll hurt them more than people realize, because eighty wants to be a true power forward. Javiel McGee looks solid. They signed Dwight Howard. He looked okay in the preseason. He didn't look bad. We'll see how he comes around during the season, but I really want to see how this team can perform. I want to see if Kyle Kuzma took that next step in the offseason, uh, put in the work. Uh, Rondo is always good in the playoffs. He He's dwindling on talent. A lot of people like to think that Rondo's like a really good player but no that in presence just really helps in the playoffs he's solid he's he's still not Rondo from the Celtics he's still not Rondo with the Pelicans even but Rondo is still a solid player Danny Green I really like that signing that was a great signing I thought they were gonna go after JJ Redick and give up on Kawhi Leonard I think they missed on a couple signings trying to get Kawhi Leonard but overall they did a really good job putting the team together uh Troy Daniels even was a player that I like that they signed, he'll help in the regular season, maybe when in the playoffs when minutes get cut, he might not play as much, but for a regular season player, he'll be a good shooter off the bench, like him, so that's why I have the Lakers at 3. I think they should be a top 3 or 4 seed, there's no way they drop below that unless someone gets injured, that's the only way that they drop below 3 or 4. Now, my number 5 seed, this one... I, I I sat and thought about this one for a while i I have two t- I have two teams and i'm going to settle on Denver being my four seed I'll get to my five in a second, but Denver was the number two seed last year, and they're extremely well coached great team, good talent found some talent on that team like Monte Morris never heard of the guy coming into the season played great for them will barton's underrated uh Jamal Murray, maybe he could take that next step. Same for Gary Harris. Both extremely solid, but they were young last year, so they still have plenty of room to grow, and maybe this is the year that they do grow. So who knows? Hope they do. I don't really watch much Nuggets basketball because it's the Nuggets. I only watch for Nikola Jokic. There are some teams that, no matter what, I'll tune into their games. The Nuggets aren't one of those teams. They're not very exciting, but they're very good. They're a solid team to watch. They've been solid. Since 2016, they've been a solid team to watch where they barely missed the playoffs, and Russ made them miss the playoffs off that buzzer beater. They've been a very solid team since then, steadily improving, especially Nikola Jokic. This could be a year where he takes another step. Like, last year, he was top five, I think, in MVP voting, and people were discussing him. Like, he's the next great foreign big man in the league, and I don't disagree. I think the only thing holding him back is... His lack of in shape. The, the dude runs down the court like a can of butter. I mean, he's slow as almighty hell. He has a strange, strange thing where he likes to foul people after missed shots so he doesn't have to run back down court. I feel like if that kid got in shape, the, the Nuggets would be damn good. The Nuggets would be a top three seed every year. Nikola Jokic would definitely be in MVP talks every year because if if the passing display from a big man is fantastic. It, it's it's almost ridiculous how great of a passer he is. So I would I would like to see him get more in shape. So he could be better defensively, for one. two, he'd be a lot better offensively if he didn't get tired every other play. So that would definitely help the Nuggets out. But still, even with him being out of shape, they're a top four team in the in the West. <coughs> and I think that I think they could possibly make a run in the playoffs, depending on who they get as a 5 seed, but my 5 seed, since we're talking about it, is Portland. And this one took me a second, because the 6, 7, and 8 seeds in the West, I feel like they're going to be a battle, but Portland has the talent. Yeah, it, hey, it's, it sucks that Yusuf Nurkic got hurt last year, but he did, and they went and signed Hassan Whiteside. I'm not sure if they signed him just as a filler or if they really believe Hassan and Nurkic could work, maybe put Nurkic at the four. I'm not sure, but it was a good signing since Nurkic just hurt. I'm not sure when he'll be back, but now they have Dame, CJ, and Hassan. Maybe Hassan can return to form before he got his contract, be the defensive presence that they need, and maybe they can Maybe they can make it to the second round. If, because if they beat Denver... I don't see them getting any further past that, but that's a sign. Why I saw signing isn't awful. I, I can't, can't be mad at that. And then you still have Alfred Camino. You've got a couple solid pieces, and you never know. They could do something with that, but I still don't believe that Dame is the kind of guy that could take your team to a finals. Don't believe in CJ to being that guy that could be the wingman to taking your team to a finals or conference finals and winning. So, you know, this would be a solid team. Oh, it would be a top two, two or three team in the East. But since they're in the West, I have them at my number five. And number six. Hmm. See, I'm looking at how I have this. And I have Houston at six. But I'm going to change this. I'm going to change this right here on the spot. And I'm going to put Golden State at six. I'll get to why I did that when I get to my seventh seed and why he moved Houston to seven and Golden State to six. I believe in Go- I believe in Steve Kerr. I believe in his ability to coach. I also believe in Steph Curry. So, Steve Kerr and Steph Curry, I believe that that's a duo that th- they can win in the NBA for a long time. As long as Steph can be healthy, isn't still battling ankle and knee issues, I think they can just win. And then, I believe in D'Angelo Russell, too. D'Angelo Russell's a really good scorer, even though the back the backcourt will struggle to defend. They're going to put up points in a hurry. That That's a great scoring backcourt. And I don't see why they couldn't make the playoffs because Steph is going to come, not Steph, Clay is going to come back at about the all-star break. And that's what matters. Well, players and people who have been around the NBA say the season doesn't start until after Christmas. That's only two months of basketball miss. I don't see why they, even if they're not in the playoffs, or in the playoff race by February. I don't see why they wouldn't get back with Clay, with D'Angelo, and with Steph. And then Draymond is still a solid defender. They just have to figure out that center position, but I don't see why that team wouldn't be better than Houston. And I say that because, like I said earlier, this, this James Harden and Russell Westbrook situation, I'm going to bank on them trying to figure it out. Because I don't think... Mark D'Antoni is a fantastic coach. He's a good coach. It's been proven what he had Steve Nash, Marty Stoudemire, Sean Murray. That 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 Suns team, it was proven he's a solid coach. But he's not a great coach. If I had to put him in a tier system where Brad Stevens is at the top and the Suns coach, Igor, I'm not even going to try and butcher his last name, is at the bottom, I'd put him on that same tier as Scott Brooks. Right up in that B tier, maybe C tier. Because Scott Brooks is one of those guys. He can put a game plan in, but he can't control a star. At no point has he ever been to control a star. When he was with OKC, Katie and Russ walked all over him. And then when he was in uh, Washington. When he was in Washington, same thing with John Wall. He didn't really have a game plan. It was just give the ball to John Wall and get out the way. Same for uh, Russ and Katie. He never really could control the star power. And I think Mike D'Antoni the same way. He put in the system in place or everyone else get out the way and let Harden do his thing and make the shots when Harden passes you the ball. That's not an efficient game plan when you have two stars on the court at the caliber of Russ and Harden. You have to establish a game plan where it can work for both of them because Russ standing there while Harden just dribbles all day, that could work when Chris Paul was there. He could knock down a shot. He, he was a solid three-point shooter. Russ is not a three-point shooter anymore. I can't comfortably say he's a three-point shooter. It's, it's just not. Unless he improved his game significantly, focusing on shooting this offseason, that Mark, Mike D'Antoni game plan will not work. It's not going to work out. I think they're still good enough to make the playoffs just off talent alone. Clint Capella's really good. Eric Gordon's good. P.J. Tucker is solid. That starting lineup is one of the better starting lineups in the league on paper. Paper doesn't win you games. Going out there and having a good game plan to put your stars in the right place and win games and I'm not sure Mike D'Antoni can do that. The way Harden talked this offseason, it was all me, 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 me. I am going to work on my game to score even more points. I am going to work on my moves to be known as the guy with that move. It's nothing. Is I'm going to work with my teammates and try and figure out how me and Russ can coexist on the court. I'm not gonna, he hasn't said anything about working with Russ and how we're going to work on the court. He's just been talking about how he's going to improve his game to be known in the basketball world. And that's why I have... Less faith in Houston than I do Golden State, even with the injuries to Golden State. Now, this eight seed, man, I have four teams who could realistically be the eight seed in the West. And number one is the Spurs. The Spurs is a great team. Always Pop is a great coach, fantastic coach, and they have solid players. They still have Demar. LaMarcus Aldridge finally getting DeWante Murray back. Lonnie Walker's back. Derek White proved he was a great player last year. Brent Forbes was a solid scorer for them last year. And I just, it's hard. It's hard to say the Spurs won't make the playoffs. It's just even when they lost Tim Duncan when they lost Manu and Tony Parker, they still found a way to collect talent and to get talent on that team that's good enough to make the playoffs. And, of course, with Pop. It, pop is going to put you in the right place to beat one a defensively good team a defensively sound team and two good enough to be good teams and good enough to make the playoffs he's proven that i think this would be their 20th year in a row making the playoffs this is i don't have it written down i'm just i think i think it's about 20th or 21st year making the playoffs in a row and that's just fantastic because they lost or really they lost the prime of a lot of those players in 2016 is when Tony Parker started going downhill and Manu was old, and Tim Duncan retired already. So the, I all credit to Pop for making that team still competitive. And then number two, I have the Mavericks. Luka Doncic and Chris Daps is going to be something to watch this season. A rookie of the year and a fantastic talent in Chris Stops, who unfortunately was injured all of last year, but he's coming back. He's fully healthy, Hopefully. And hopefully that's going to be some fantastic basketball to watch. The rest of our roster isn't as strong, but two talents like that is fantastic. I, I hope that's another dynamic duo that plays together for a very long time. And I'm definitely going to watch some Mavs basketball. It's not something I haven't said for a very long time since Dirk was still in his prong. But I feel like Mavericks basketball will be very fun to watch. And I feel like they can compete for the eighth seed. Third team is the New Orleans Pelicans. I believe in that roster they put together. That haul they got from L.A. gave them a starting lineup that is fantastic with Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Zion, if he's healthy. And I'm not sure who their starting center will be. I don't know if they'll go Jackson Hayes or Jalo Okafor, but that's a great starting five. And then they have J.J. Redick, Josh Hart coming off the bench. I have no problem with that at all. That is a great roster. I think that Alvin Gentry is a great coach regardless of what happened with the Andy Davis situation. He's, he's a good coach. I'm glad they didn't fire him because of what happened. He's a very good coach. I think he'll do good with that young team. And another th- reason I think they'll, they'll sneak in or possibly compete is because there is no pressure on them. They have no expectations to make the playoffs. Therefore, I think they'll go into every game just playing like they play. They're not playing with expectations, so they just get to go out there and play their game, and I think their game will be fantastic the way they'll play and win them games. They're going to run and gun and play defense. Get out and transition. Dunk with Zion. Get the ball out with Lonzo. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think they'll be great. And the last team I think could compete for that spot is the Sacramento Kings. I love how De'Aaron Fox has been progressing. This is his third year now. His jump from last year, not last year, two years ago to last year, shooting-wise, great. Improved driving to the lane. Improved as a ball handler and a ball passer. That's fantastic. Buddy Hill wants a new contract. I don't know if they'll give it to him. Uh, same for Jalen Brown. He wants a new contract. I don't know if they'll give it to him. But I think that that team's going to be pretty good. I, I believe in their ability to make the eighth seed in the West. That's, that's a solid team. A well-coached team. I just think that they can. It's the one I'm least confident about. But still, nonetheless, I'm confident in their ability to compete. Now let's get over to the East. The number one seed in the East to me, the team that looks the best to me on paper after this offseason, Philadelphia 76ers. I love every single one of their moves. Getting Al Horford, taking Al Horford from the 76ers was huge. Getting Josh Richardson after losing Jimmy Butler was huge because he's not Jimmy Butler at all in any capacity, but he is a poor man's Jimmy Butler. He is what Mitch Richmond was to Michael Jordan. He is a poor man's version of the better player. And I like that signing. I think Ben Simmons is going to improve. That one three he took and made in the preseason didn't give me hope for him to be a 40% shooter. But it did give me hope that he's going to start taking the threes. And I like to see that from him. Because at first he was completely afraid of the three-point line. So I like to see that he's at least attempting it. It was a rather deep three, too. It wasn't right on the line. It wasn't in the corner. He just walked into it, took it, nothing but net. I like to see that from him. And then Joel Embiid, I think he's going to take that next step. I think he's going to be fantastic this season, offensively and defensively. I think that loss last year to the Raptors on that buzzer beater hurt him. You saw it in his face. I think he's going to come back this year with a vengeance. And I think the 76 will be the first seed in the East. My second seed in the East is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. And I say this because the rest of the East doesn't look great. Because this Milwaukee Bucks team got worse. They lost Brogdon. They think their starting shooting guard now is Wesley Matthews. They signed Robin Lopez, brother Brook Brooke Lopez. I'm glad they re-signed Brooke Lopez. He he was a great re-signer. That, that's a good use of money. But this team didn't get any better. I think they got worse. But I believe in Giannis. I believe in Chris Middleton sometimes. I don't believe in Eric Bledsoe. I don't know why they gave Eric Bledsoe all that money after the playoff performance two years ago, and then they gave him the money before the playoffs again, and then he went and stunk it up again in the playoffs. I think that was a bad sign, and they could have used that money elsewhere. And then they're going to have to pay Giannis. They paid Chris Middleton all that money. And unfortunately, to me, if the Bucks don't win the championship this year, it's going to be a long time. Luckily, Giannis is young, but it's going to be a long time before they even have A chance. This is their window to me to win the championship. So, this is. They're my second seed, and it's only because the East isn't fantastic. If there were another good team, like if the Nets were healthy, they would be my second seed far and away. Maybe my first seed. I still really like the 76ers, but it would be close between the Nets and the Bucks for the second seed. And third seed is the Pacers. I really believe in them. Uh, I don't know when Oladipo is going to get back, but picking up Brogdon was a very good signing. And. What? Not Wesley Matthews, Miles Turner and DeMontas Sabonis for some reason don't play well together on the court. So I don't know how they'll figure that situation out. I don't know if they'll have Sabonis coming off the bench or if they just want him to start and want him to figure it out. Maybe they have figured it out in the offseason. I'm not in those rooms, not their practices. But last year, they were they just couldn't get it to work. I don't know why. They're two two great talents. I hope there's been trade rumors for DeMondis Sabonis. I hope they don't trade him. But, hey, if it happens, it happens this team is good. When Oladipo finally comes back, I think he'll push them to that next level and surge them to be the third seed. Because even without Oladipo last year when he got hurt, they still made the playoffs. They were still competitive. I just really like this team. I think they'll edge out teams like the Celtics and the Nets and the Raptors for that seed. Um, Four and five in the East are really interchangeable for me. I I have listed the Celtics at Four, and the Nets at five. I think it's interchangeable. I, I really like that Net, that Nets roster. Joe Harris is a great player, in my opinion. Not great, great, but a great shooter. Great for his role. Great. And then Karis Avert was fantastic. Spencer Dimwitty is fantastic off the bench. Kyrie, of course. We'll see how he does with his own team again. A team with less talent than the Celtics. And then a team that the six cuts won't be attributed to the coach. So... We'll see how he performs because uh, apparently that's why he wanted out because all the success was going to be uh, given to Brad Stevens and not him. We'll, so we'll see what he can do this year. But I do like that team. I don't really like DeAndre Jordan signing. I understand that that's the only way they could have got Kyrie and KD. So they do what they do. But I like Jared Allen better. I think he should start. I think DeAndre Jordan should come out the, off the bench. But we'll, we'll we'll see what they do. I do think that's a great team, though. And then this Celtics team... I do like Brad Stevens as the coach, of course, and I do like their team makeup, but I want to see, this depends on the four or five seed to me, I want to see if Kimba Walker can be efficient in that system, because Kimba Walker has never shot over, I think it's 45% for his career, I think he's like a 42% shooter for his entire career, and I think his highest is like 45, it might be 47, but he's never shot 50% and he's just been inefficient. Maybe it's a product of being the only star in Charlotte and he has to do what he has to do. So I don't know. We'll, we have to see. I, I hope that he can be efficient and I hope that he fits into the system because he's not Kyrie. He doesn't have a, as big as an ego, but he's also not as good of a talent. So hopefully the lack of ego makes up for the talent and he'll just mesh into that system really well with Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown. And I, I, another reason I have them as an interchangeable seed with four and five is because I think that loss of Al Horford is going to hurt him. Al Horford is a damn good, a damn good power forward center, and replacing it with Enos Cantor isn't, it's nothing special. I, I do like the signing offensively, but man, defensively, Enos Cantor is food. Um, it's in the playoffs. Sheesh, cut it. Embiid, if they have to play Embiid, if they have to play Giannis, it, it's, it's real quiet for them. They don't have any answers for them. And then 6-8, I have the Raptors. I think they have enough talent to make the playoffs again. The East is really weak, so they'll, they'll make the playoffs. Uh, I like how they extended Pascal Siakam. I think he's talented. Um, they also still have Kyle Lowry, Marcus, Gasol, Fred VanVleet. I don't know if Fred VanVleet was a fluke because he wasn't even playing great in the playoffs until Game 3 of that Bucks series. So if he can keep up with that, they'll, they'll definitely have enough talent to make it to the playoffs. Uh, I don't really think they'll do anything in the playoffs. But they definitely have enough talent. Like Nick Nurse is a great coach too, so he'll figure that out, and they'll. I think they'll be the sixty in the playoffs. Uh, at seven, I have Miami. The Jimmy Butler signing was great. Uh, they stopped Goran Dragic, uh Point Justice, he he was great when Goran Dragic went down last year, playing the point guard role for them. So I still believe in him as a player. Um, Kelly Olynyk, good player. Uh, East is just really weak. A lot of these rosters, when you just start going down, it's just like, eh. I mean, they're there, but they're not uber-talented like the teams out West. But I, I do think Miami's good enough to make the playoffs. And then the eight seed, I still have the same deliberation. Not not with four teams like I do in the West, but I think it could either be Chicago or Detroit. Uh, Chicago definitely has the talent. Kobe White looked good at the end of the preseason, and I believe in Zach Levine. I believe Zach Levine can take that next step. I also believe in Laurie Marketing. Uh the only person on that team I don't believe in is Cristiano Felicio. I I I don't know why he's even in the league. He's just there taking up a roster st- spot. But the rest of that Chicago team looks right. Uh I believe in believe in them to be a solid team. I think they can win 40 plus games and f- shoot 40 games in the in the East is good enough to make the playoffs. Uh in Detroit, it's just Blake Griffin is good, but can Andre Drummond figure out what he's going to do offensively? He's a fantastic rebounder, the best of the league at rebounding. But defensively, he's just okay. Offensively, he doesn't have much of a repertoire. He's trying to add threes into his game, but other than that little baby hook he does, it's not even a full post hook. It's just a little baby flip into the goal. Other than that, he he just doesn't have much of an offensive identity. So maybe he can establish that. And D. Rose and Reggie Jackson will lead away from the way for them in the backcourt. And I don't know, man. Uh, I think Luke Canard will be good for them off the bench. I hope he gets to see an expanded role because he looked good in the playoffs for them against the Bucks. But that, that roster isn't very good. So it, I think it will be one of those two teams, though. I don't think the Magic will find their way back. They could, but I don't think they will. So I think it will come down to either Chicago or Detroit for that AC. And that's it for all I have for the playoff seedings. Now, I'll come back towards the end of the pocket. Maybe I'll do a part two. I'm not sure how long I'll go. I don't want to give y'all too much in one setting. I might do a part two, split it into two different parts, listen to this part, and then if you want to hear the awards, all NBA teams, put that in the second part. We'll see how far we get. But for right now, I'm going to do my awards, and then I might leave my all NBA teams and my final predictions for... NBA champions in the next one. So, go ahead and get into that. For Rookie of the Year, I have an asterisk by his name. Zion Williamson. Far and away, the best talent coming out of the draft. But, of course, injuries. I don't know if, if he can even play enough games to be considered for the award. So, We'll see how that goes. Hopefully he can. Because I, I want to see I want to see him have an exciting rookie season. Hopefully he participates in the dunk contest too. That would be fantastic to see because Zach Levine is healthy again. We could possibly get a Zach Levine, Zion Williamson, Aaron Gordon dunk contest. Throw in some fourth guy who's really good, like Derrick Jones Jr. He'll give us a good a good couple of dunks in the first round and it could be a great all-star weekend. And at number two, I have Ja Morant. He looked solid in the preseason. But you also have to know that he plays for Memphis. Memphis is awful. Memphis could be one of the three worst teams in the league, and that's unfortunate. But that means he'll get a, he'll he'll play a bigger role. So you like to see that from him. He's had some terrific passes. Everything he did didn't show up on the stat sheet, but he still looked good. He definitely definitely looked good. Hopefully, in the season, uh, he could progress. And be as great of a scorer as he's a passer. I'd like to see that it's still explosive as ever. So. We'll see about that. Hopefully it does. And then for third, uh, third in voting, I have Darius Garland. The kid can score really good. He's he's a bucket. Like, point me clear. He's not a pass first guard. He is a, I'm going to go put it in the hoop. We'll see how that works with Colin Sexton. I didn't really like the pick for Cleveland, but we'll, we'll see how they do. They're both undersized guards. Maybe they're taking the Damon CJ approach. I, I never, I don't really like that approach, but we'll see what they can do. Uh, I I just like Darius Garland. I think he can score. I think he'll score really well. I think he'll find himself well-adjusted to the league, especially in Cleveland where there's not too many expectations. There aren't any expectations, and he doesn't have to do much. He's just got to go out there and play the best he can, and I think he will put up points at a great clip. And then I have two honorable mentions. I have Tyler Harrow, who I loved coming out of Kentucky. I was so pissed that the Pistons didn't get to take him and that Miami took him a pick before. Loved his game. When he said he is a bucket take his word for it, he is a bucket that's been proven in preseason. Love that guy's game. And then Cam Reddish, uh, of all the people that were drafted, the player they spoke the highest of, the player they said might be the best in the draft is Cam Reddish, and it's because of his ability to score. Uh, At Duke, him, uh, RJ Barrett, and Zion both said that he was bored. He was just so good that he was bored, and he he, he was comfortable taking that step back because he knew how good of a player he was, even though he didn't play fantastic. In, not summer league. Well, in summer league and in preseason, I think that he will be acclimated to the the NBA, especially on that Hawks team. The Hawks team is really good and really young. I really like that roster. That'll be a fun team to watch this year. So we'll see what he can do. And then six men of the year. Uh, I I don't really even need to spend too much time on this. Lou Williams. Uh, I think he's gonna win it again. I think he's gonna have the same kind of run that Jamal Crawford did winning the award. Where they they should consider renaming it. The award the after him, I don't know why he even comes off the bench. He's good enough to start on a bunch of teams. He's even good enough to start on the Clippers, but if that's where he wants to be, that's where he's going to come off, and I think he'll win the award again. But for second and third, I have Spencer Dinwiddie. second. He's fantastic off the bench. He could. I think he started in Detroit. I was mad we got rid of him. Uh, he's a fantastic score off the bench. And then J.J. Redick. I think J.J. Redick coming off the bench, that veteran presence. I think he could average 15, 16 off the bench. 40% for 3, maybe better, 42. I don't know, but JJ Reddick coming off the bench, I think he'll definitely be lethal enough to score 40 because the rest of the bench isn't fantastic. So, I think he would have to be not the number one option, not number one option ball handling, but getting the ball to him and getting it, getting those good looks for three. I think they'll definitely have to consider JJ Reddick for that. I think he'll have a great season. And also Luke Kennard is my honorable mention. <clears throat> I think he'd take that next step and be that player for the Pistons off the bench. Even if the Pistons aren't fantastic and they barely squeak at the A-seed, I think he'll have a great season after what he did in the playoffs. They should seek to expand his role. And for most improved, <clears throat> I'm going to switch these up. Uh, I have Mitchell Robinson as my winner for most improved. I'm going to switch those up and I'm going to put Shay Julius Alexander as my winner for most improved and Mitchell Robinson in second. I really like Mitchell Robinson. Damn good player. I think he only averaged 9 and 6. Didn't write down stats. Most of the time I don't write down stats. I'm solid with numbers. So Mitchell Robinson, I think he could take that next step. (coughs) Especially when the Knicks Knicks are playing. I'm not sure if they'll run Julius Randle at center. I hope they don't. I hope they put Mitchell Robinson at center and run them at the same time. But I think Mitchell Robinson can can, can take that next step and be a double-double type player for the Knicks. Especially with their lack of talent. It's not, It's. I don't think it'll be that hard for him, especially with his, and he could also average two blocks a game, the same way Hassan Whiteside broke out that one year. I think Mitchell Robinson can take that same leap that he did, And then, but I have Shea Jace Alexander as my one, because he is under the tutelage of Chris Paul in OKC, and I think that'll be fantastic for him in LA. He was great. On his own. His numbers didn't show it, but he played fantastic. I really liked watching him play. With Chris Paul playing, I'm not sure if they'll start together, if he'll be the two yard to Chris Paul the one. I'm not sure how that'll go, but I think he'll have a fantastic season. I really hope that Chris Paul teaches him since his career is dwindling down. I really hope that he teaches him something and Trey can have a breakout year. At third, I have Brandon Ingram. <clears throat> For for most improved, I really feel like it. I feel like most improved be a really close race. Not like last year where Pascal just broke out and played great. I I just feel like Brandon Ingram could come away with the award. Shea could come away with the award. Mitchell Robinson could come away with that award. But Brandon Ingram could be a likely because at the end of the, the last season, he was really coming into his own. He was really becoming his own man as far as scoring and being his own basketball player. And I think he could take that leap. I think he could become a 20-point-per-game scorer this year. And he's also tall, so and he's also a crafty rebounder, so he could put up 26 and maybe three assists. I don't know. But he's, he's a damn good player. And then honorable mentions, too, both Lonzo Ball and Derek White, both of those are very good players. I think they could improve greatly. Derek White on the defensive end is already good. I think he could improve on the offensive end. And Lonzo Ball, same, same thing, both great on the defensive end you would like to see them improve offensively to be in contention for this award. Defensive Player of the Year. I have Giannis winning the award. Last year it came very close. It was, I believe, him, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert were all in the running. And I believe Paul George would have won it if he didn't get injured in that one stretch of the year. But since he did, it's okay that Rudy Gobert won again. He deserved it. It's fine. But Giannis was right on his tail. Giannis was right there in contention for that award, and rightfully so. He's a damn good defender, not only in the paint, but he's a solid on-ball defender for a guy who's 6'11 and can't move as fast as a guy like Kawhi or a guy like Paul George. He's he's extremely good on-ball. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does win that award this year, and I think he will win that award. But I would also would not be surprised if my number two in voting wins. Who's Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis is a fantastic defender, like that's undeniable. It's stealing the ball, blocking the ball, just straight up, it's the stuff that doesn't go on the stat sheet. Just being an on-ball defender in the paint, defender, fantastic at all levels of defense. So I I would not I wouldn't be surprised at all if Anthony Davis wins the award, especially in L.A. Now the spotlight's gonna be on him. It's L.A. Everything is under a microscope. So I wouldn't be surprised if they push that narrative for Anthony Davis to win the defensive player of the year award. And then third, I have Kawhi Leonard. That one shouldn't come as a surprise. He's already won the award twice. So Kawhi Leonard is a damn good all-ball defender. He's fantastic. He's, you just can't say enough about him. His hand size allows him to get, get in those passing lanes. He even steal the ball on, on ball. So you just really love to see that from Kawhi. And I think that'll transition to the regular season I don't know if rest will affect his voting. I don't know how that'll play, or if he'll play enough games, be in contention with his load management, but he's a great on-ball defender. Can't say enough about it. You saw how great he was playing Giannis in the playoffs last year. So we'll have to see about that. And then honorable mention to Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid could easily win this award too. Like, this isn't even honorable mention. This is honestly just another player. Like, man, I'd, I'd feel bad if I didn't mention his name because... Joel Embiid, I feel like he's going to have a breakout year, and he's already really good. I feel like he's going to step into his own and be fantastic this year, and that is also on the defensive side, let alone offensive side. If he can finally settle into not taking as many threes too and just focus on being a back-to-the-basket big, he's going to be unstoppable this year. Moving on, we're going to go to coach of the year. I have Quinn Snyder, the coach of the Utah Jazz. Being my coach of the year. And that's because I believe that the Utah Jazz will be the number one seed in the West. And I think that'll be more impressive than having the best record in the league because of how tough the West is going to be. So having being a good coach of the best team in the toughest conference, I think that'll elevate him to be the coach of the year. I think he has a very strong chance of becoming the coach of the year. And then second, I have Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is a very good coach of the Clippers. And since the Clippers have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, both of them are small forwards. They're prob- they're definitely both going to start. You have to figure out how to put them in the lineup. Then you have Patrick Beverly, who isn't a great shooter. You have to figure all that out, and that starts with the coach. They're going to win a bunch of games. I have them as my number two seed to pull that off. I mean, who knows? Because this is all prediction, so the seeding could be that the Clippers are at the first seed. And you don't know if that's going to work out. So, but if it does happen, I think a lot of it, a lot of the credit should go to Doc Rivers. And then third, I have Nate McMillan, coach of the Pacers. I think, because he's going to have to do a damn good job with Victor Oladipo out with his leg injury. So we have to see how they play without him. Last year, they played fantastic down the stretch without Victor Oladipo. Let's see if they can bring that into this year with Malcolm Brogdon. How bring the ball off court. I think they can. I don't know how they'll do it. That's why I don't get paid millions of dollars to figure that out. But if anyone can do it, he can. He's a really good coach. Extremely underrated coach. I think he'll do great with that team and then honorable mention is Brett Brown, uh, coach of the 76ers. I think he's going to figure out how it works. A lot of people are talking about the team can't shoot. I don't necessarily agree with that. Tobias Harris is a good shooter. Um, Josh Richardson from Miami is a solid shooter. Uh, Al Horford is also a good spot-up shooter. Really, all you have to worry about is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You can figure out how to put those pieces together to work and still score and be lethal on both ends of the ball. So if anybody can figure it out, it has to be the coach. They have to put them in the right position to succeed. They have the talent. He has to put them in position to become the number one seed, of which I think they'll be. And you know what? I will split this into two parts. I'll make this easier on y'all. I'll give y'all a second part to listen to. That way, if you only want to hear one part, you can do that. If you want to hear the second part, that includes who I think will win the championship, my all-NBA teams, offense, defense, and all rookie teams, and then who I believe will win the championship, certain playoff brackets. What games I think be interesting. I'll split it for like that for y'all. So we're gonna end this one off with who I think will win the MVP. Steph Curry. I I kind of led y'all into it talking about Steph as one of my biggest storylines to follow this season. I think Steph Curry will win the MVP. I think he's going to go bananas. I think he's going to have another year where he scores 30 points per game, maybe even more. 30 points is on the low end. He could easily score James Harden type numbers on better efficiency, not putting up 50 shots a game. He could score 30 on Oh man, the, Steph Curry is such a good player. Such a great shooter. And then he's a fantastic passer. He's a giving player. Even when he won MVP averaging 36 and 5, it's just the, that 6-5 and looked better in game than it did on the stat sheet. It, he's such a great player. And since the cuffs are off, since Clay is out, since his only wingman is D'Angelo Russell, you don't know what you'll get from him. He's a great scorer, but he's not Steph Curry. Steph Curry and Steve Curry, they're going to feed Steph. And they should, and I think he's going to go off. That's why he's my number one MVP candidate. And then second, I have Anthony Davis. I think... Anthony Davis can have that same break breakout I talked about, Joel Embiid having. Uh, he's already a great, great, great player on the defensive end and the offensive end. So I think he can take that step up and average two and a half blocks, three blocks maybe, uh, a couple of steals. I think he could also take a step, because it, it, I think this is dependent on LeBron James if LeBron takes that step back the same way D Wade took that step back when he got to Miami that second year after they lost to the Mavericks I think Anthony Davis will easily be top three MVP voting and then number three I have Joel Embiid I already talked about how I think he's going to be a breakout player to look out for taking that next step offensively defensively bring that energy to the team that loss to the Raptors hurt him you could see him walking out of the tunnel crying. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. I think he worked really hard this offseason. I hope he w- w- worked really hard this offseason. I want to see him come back and be a very angry player, a great player. We'll see. I think they play the Bucks on Wednesday. That'll be a fantastic matchup. Giannis versus Embiid last year was definitely must-see basketball. So we'll see what with not Giannis. we'll see what Embiid is coming with in that game. But that does lead me to my honorable mention: Giannis could easily win it again if Giannis wins. Is Giannis is in contention for Defensive Player of the Year and gets better offensively? If he did find a jump shot, even though I think a mid-range shot would help him better, but if he can shoot at a thirty-five percent clip, still averaging twenty-eight points, maybe twelve, thirteen boards, and then can get two blocks, two and a half blocks couple steals he could easily be in yet another mvp even though the storyline isn't set for him the narrative isn't driven for him to win it again i think he could easily win the mvp again and of course can't mention mvp without saying lebron's name it's lebron james he could easily put up 27 7 to 7 in his sleep so of course you have to mention his name he could do it don't know if he wants to do it i think he'd rather focus on wins than personal stats but can't say mvp without mentioning lebron so i'm gonna end it here start off the second part starting off with all the nba first team and i've been miles this is the judgment call podcast if you did like listening to the first part go ahead and share it part two will be coming immediately after this so if you got this far i appreciate you for listening again i've been miles wilson and this is the judgment call podcast